Leader Talk. 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 Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Dawson. Welcome to Leader Talk. This show is proudly brought to you by Brainiac. Each week we are meeting with incredible leaders from around the world to discuss all things leadership and business insights. Each person coming on this talk show has given up their valuable time for one very clear purpose, to give back to small and medium business owners. Now we have all heard the acronym SEO, but do we really know what it means? Are you currently working with an agency on your SEO but aren't sure what they are really doing or are you even getting the results you need? Today, Gus and I are fortunate to chat to our guest speaker, James Norquay. James is the founder of Prosperity Media, a specialist SEO agency recently awarded Best SEO Agency in Australia by SEM Rush. James is here today to share his extensive experience in all things SEO, help us understand what we should be doing to build our online presence, and teach us all about the red flags we can look out for to ensure we stay away from SEO scammers. Welcome to the show, James. Thank you for having me today, Natalie and Gus. Looking forward to chatting about SEO. And thank you for donating your valuable time. You know, this topic, you know, many people might, you know, walk away from the topic because it's a could be seen as a new stuff. But, you know, I think every business needs to hear about this and to have you, the expert, award-winning, you know, business that very experienced. Uh, I think we are very lucky today. So thank you for donating your time, James. Oh, that's Thank you. Happy to help out the uh, small business community and provide some information about SEO because it's such an important topic for everyone. And we do have a great chat ahead of us. But before we dive into the chat, James, we have your two fun questions that we have prepared for you, like we do with all our guests. And the first one, what was your least favorite food as a child? And do you still not like it now? Do you like it now? I think like when I was a kid, I think I really hated Brussels sprouts. Like I would do anything not to eat them, you know, like I just remember, but I don't know, when you grow up, you have like uh, Brussels sprouts, like cooked in like wood fire or olive oil and then stuff like that. And then it's something that you really like. Like, um, I think that's one food that I can remember when I was younger. I, yeah, I really didn't like it. You know, didn't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole, but now I definitely enjoy it if they're cooked nicely. Oh, that's an amazing one. And what about if you could instantly become an expert in something? What would you become an expert in? Uh, I think something like learn how to fly planes, you know, be a pilot, because that could be cool, you know. You know, like if if you ever needed to fly somewhere and, like, you knew how to fly, that would be a good skill to have, I guess. And imagine ability to cook Brussels sprout. <laughs> I mean, um my wife, my wife is a really good cook, so she cooks uh, Brussels sprouts really well. I mean, I, I've definitely tried to have a crack at cooking them, but she's probably better than me at cooking Brussels sprouts. Like she actually cooked some recently, like, like a week ago. So yeah, that was really uh, it was a good question because I was thinking about things that I hated when I was younger, and that that was definitely at the top of the list. But do you know what I think it is? When we're younger, we're given these foods that are quite bland. But then as we're older, we experiment eating them in different ways. Like you said, with the olive oil and, you know, wood fire. It's always next 100%, level. 100%. Yeah. I think when you get older, your taste buds develop further. You know, it's like anything. You, It's like red wine. If you have red wine when you're like you're young, you won't like it. But when you get into your mid-30s, you start to uh, appreciate that type of stuff. Especially a good bottle, right? <laughs> 100%. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot behind you, James. Oh, there's a couple behind us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that. There you go. There you go. Now, James, we gave a bit of an intro to you uh, at the beginning of um, this show, but there is so much more to yourself, your career, and your business. Can you share with our audience a bit about yourself, your career, and Prosperity Media? Yeah, so basically I've been in the SEO space since about 2005, so started many years ago. I had a massive uh, MySpace layouts website. Um, For anyone that remembers MySpace, that was a long time ago now. Um, Yeah, then I went in, uh, worked at a big agency um, called Mitchell Communications Group, helped start their SEO team there. And then over 10 years ago, we've uh, formed Prosperity Media, so we're one of Sydney's largest specialist SEO agencies. 
So we only do SEO and content here. Um, there's a lot of uh, agencies around Australia that do everything, you know, like all like full service agency, whereas we're just a specialist agency for SEO and content. Um, but yeah, definitely one of the largest ones in Sydney now. We have over 20 staff. As you said earlier, we, a few years ago, we won best agency by SEMrush. Uh, last year, we won best APAC SEO campaign. So that's Asia Pacific. Uh, we won best healthcare SEO campaign by SEMrush last year. So we've won a few awards over the years. Um, but yeah, we primarily work with mid to enterprise level clients. So really big household names. Um, We've even done SEO for companies like Binance. Um, so we've done really big jobs over the years. And um, yeah, happy to help uh, provide guidance for small business owners on the call today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And uh, before, because this topic, especially I know, you know, James is the expertise of of this topic. But can I just ask the first question for a change Yeah. You know, James, you know, as uh, uh, let me think what I want to be today to represent small business owner. Uh, I feel like I am a small mechanics uh, in, a, in a suburb somewhere in, Ma- in Melbourne, you know, a mechanic. And I'm quite specialized. I only do motorcycles mechanics. I don't do cars. I don't do anything else. When I hear your introduction, James, it just sounds expensive, mate. It sounds expensive. I don't have money. I don't want to spend any more money. I just don't want to do it. I don't want to spend any money. And not to mention it sounds technical. What's the risk for me not want to put any effort of listening to this or even knowing the importance of this? Because truly, like what I said, it sounds expensive. It sounds difficult. And I have no energy to restart my learning for this. What's the risk for me? Yeah, I mean, if you're a small motorcycle mechanic in Melbourne, um, you you really need to think what's your marketing budget, you know? Um, so a good SEO campaign is usually going to start at about $2,000 a month and go up from there. So... Based on that, um, you need to think as a business owner, do you have around $24,000 a year that you want to invest in marketing? And then you need to think about what your ROI is going to be for that, you know? And um, I mean, we have worked in um, the mechanic space before, but more for marketplaces. So think of a marketplace that uh, mechanics can list their business on. And there's a lot of traffic for that type of stuff. So we're talking thousands and thousands of people search for mechanics, motorcycle mechanics. And um, especially if you're in, um, in a CBD area, you know, I live in Alexandria in, um, in Sydney and there's motorcycle mechanics around there and they seem to work very long hours. Like if you walk past their shop at 10 o'clock at night, there's always custom bikes in there. There's a bunch of people working. So what that tells me is there's decent money to be made. And when people want help with that type of stuff, if they're looking for help, they, they want a motorcycle mechanic in Sydney, in the West, they're going to go to Google and search for that. It's probably going to be more specialized um, searches as well. Like if they've got an older Yamaha bike, they, they're going to be searching for like Yamaha specialist mechanic, Sydney, you know, and that's like any exotic car, you know, like um, my dad passed away last year and I inherited a bunch of classic vehicles from him. And we, we had to, um, we've had to fix them up in the last year and finding specialist people to help with those kind of vehicles. The first thing you do is ask your friends go to so, like social media or you go to Google and do the research. So if you want to be present on Google, that's where you're going to get the business from. So 100% you should be um, investing in that type of stuff. But if you're a one-person business, spending on SEO might not be right for you. Like you might have to just do the basics, you know, get set up on Google My Business, you know, ask customers for reviews just be present, you know, talk about like build out some content on your website and talk about what you specialize in. Because if you specialize in a certain type of motorbike, 
that's what you want to put on the website. You know, you want to have that information about those motorbikes. You want to talk about the parts because like I, we've worked for like parts websites in the past too. And there's massive traffic around car parts, motorbike parts, et cetera, et cetera. So a hundred percent there's opportunity for people, but you have to think what's your yearly budget. And if you don't have that budget, it might be better to partner up with other people, get referrals, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Lovely. And, and what you, uh, you know, once again, uh, you know, we heard the word Google. Uh, is this SEO only tailored for Google? What happened with other search engine that available might, might be available, even though the scale might be smaller? Is this once fits all once you do it? Um, yeah, so in Australia, Google has something like 96, 97% of the market share. So other search engines like Bing, the market share is very low. It's less than 3%. It could even be like 2 point something percent. Um, it's not that big at the moment. The thing about Bing as well, it's an older demographic. Uh, usually people that uh, leave their default browser Uh, will default to Bing. Um, in terms of how different Google and Bing are for uh, SEO ranking factors, they're quite similar. So there's hundreds of ranking factors for Google, but um, Google and Bing are quite similar. There's uh, some things in Bing that are a little bit different, um, like exact match domains are more favored by Um, Bing. So an exact match domains is something like carsales.com.au. In Bing, Bing favors exact match domains. Also, Bing has recently integrated ChatGPT into their search engine and they're test testing it at the moment. So that's really big as well. So yeah, like Bing is slowly picking up market share, but in Australia, a lot of businesses focus primarily on Google just because of the sheer market size they have. Google is king, right? <laughs> yeah, Google is king. So when you're optimizing for SEO, you really want to just focus on uh, on Google, especially if you're a small business because like the Bing traffic, it's not that big unless you're a really big company. And, and sorry, not to be embarrassing. As I said before, I'm a small company. What is SEO anyway? I try to be smart in here. Maybe there's some of my colleagues listening to this wondering what's SEO, if you don't mind to just describe it. Yeah, so SEO is search engine optimization. So that's the process of basically um, optimizing your site to acquire more traffic from Google or, as you said, Gus Bing. Um, so, yeah, basically there are three key parts of SEO. So to make it easy for listeners, there's there's content. So the content on your site. How is that optimized for SEO? There's backlinks, so people linking back to your site. And then there's technical SEO. So that covers all the different technical factors. And I won't go too much into that today because the technical SEO stuff, it can get a little bit complex, you know. And I think for, for most small business owners, they don't need to worry about real technical SEO stuff. That's something that more large enterprise companies need to worry about. So, yeah. And, and what about, uh, James, can I ask, because we've had this situation where, you know, we've got businesses that can't even find, you know, they try to find themselves on Google and they're like on page 10. But they, like Gus said, they don't have the time, they don't have the resources, they don't even know where to start. Is this, you mentioned Google My Business registering like that and getting reviews. Is there anything else that they can take on board? I mean, there's been times where we've had phone calls and, you know, the the they give us the business name and you type it in and, you know, you ask for the correct spelling, you still can't find it and you're flicking and flicking through Google and it's so bad that you can't find it. Is there any advice you have for them? Yeah, I mean, um, you definitely want to get onto Google My Business if you're a small company and you want some type of online visibility. So the first thing I do is sign up for Google My Business, ensure that everything is filled out. You know, you've added images, you've added your business description, you've linked to your website. I do that first because that will give you basic visibility. Try to get a few reviews because if you don't have any reviews, sometimes it can be hard to show up. 
Um, the other thing that I'd recommend is basically starting a basic website. So you want to have a website if you're a business owner. It doesn't matter what size this, like the business is. Make a 10-page website. Like fill in on the homepage, include your business name, include information about the company because at a bare minimum, you want to rank for your company name. If you're not ranking for your company name, people aren't going to be able to find you. And the worst thing that can happen if you you aren't like findable by your customers competitors can show up for your business, you know, and they're just going to win that traffic that could be looking for you, you know. And, and you know, it's interesting, James, you know, only recently, uh, you know, we mistakenly locked our keys in the house and it was a public holiday and I needed a locksmith. And surely enough, you had your phone and you search for, you know, 24-hour emergency locksmith and you check the reviews. That's all I did. And I contacted the first person that came up there. And that was the person I gave the business to. He came out within an hour, but it was, that's all it took for me to make that decision. It was just their Google, my business with their reviews. They had about 45 star reviews. Yeah. I mean, that's like one of the most important things for small business owners, especially if you're in a, in a business that involves urgency, you know, like if you're in the flood restoration space or you're an emergency locksmith or you're an emergency plumber, you know, when someone needs a service quickly, the first thing they're going to do is go to Google and search for that business, you know, and you have to show up highly for those queries, you know, 24 hour type small businesses, they need to be investing in search marketing, SEO, because it's so crucial to the company. And if you don't have visibility for that, you're going to be missing a lot of leads. Yeah, absolutely. And and what about, James, you know, we, we get flooded. I, I'm sure you do too because sometimes, you know, these um, emails we get don't even check what, you know, who they're targeting. But we get so many businesses out there contacting us saying, you know, we've checked your site and we notice you're not ranking here or we've noticed there's some errors. Let us send us a SEO report or we can help you rank number one on Google. I mean, we get endless every day, whether it's via LinkedIn, whether it's via Instagram, whether it's via, you know, junk emails that we get. What are some signs that we need to look out for or how, how can we determine what is a good SEO agency? Because they all claim to be great and they all claim to be able to put us as a number one ranked website. Especially for us, the small business, that $2,000 a month for this is so meaningful for us. Yeah. So basically, um, you really got to be careful of anyone who says they can guarantee you number one rankings because that's in Google search search guidelines you know they have something and they says you businesses cannot say they can guarantee you number one rankings that's the first thing the second thing is like you got to be really careful if someone's approached you like directly for seo because there's a lot of spammers that use spammy uh, email marketing methods or they'll contact you via linkedin and they'll be relentless to try and get your business you want to be careful of people like that i think one of the best things you can do to find a good seo provider or good digital agency you know is ask your friends you know ask friends in business you know who's a recommendation for a good company who's doing your work and then when you, when you contact the company for work, just say, can you show me some relevant client case studies? Can you give me a few um, numbers for current clients? You know, give me three clients that are currently working with. Let me call them, you know. When you hire an agency, it's like hiring a staff member. You've got to do the background checks. You've got to call up these bit, like current clients and say, like, just let me know what, what they're saying, you know, like, how like what have they been doing how's the reporting are they giving you monthly reports are they giving you a breakdown of what they're actually doing on a month-to-month basis you have to be really careful of that because there's a lot of agencies that take people on and then they don't do anything you know so i'd be very careful of the agencies that charge like 200 dollars a month for seo because the thing is they're not going to be doing a good quality job there's going to be a lot of automation and there's going to be a strong chance that they're not doing much work at all. In the flip side, James, if I can ask you on the other side, uh, I know this is not your market. You play in the big end of town and 
and a very complex one. If I want to do it myself, so so assume we found Natalie, uh, agency that work with a small business and Natalie, uh, business is credible. So let's just put an example of that. I'm a mechanic, so a plumber, and I have the budget two thousand dollars per month. I I actually prepare to spend that money. Now the question to you is, if I don't want to spend that money still. Because uh, you know, maybe having a new Gucci shoes every month for my wife will make me happier. Uh, how long it takes for me to be optimized on my Google? So when someone need a plumber, if I'm a plumber, I will be there. If I'm starting from scratch, reading twenty books that you have behind you, for example, assuming that are SEO books from some like. What's the extreme here? If I still don't want to spend the money, even when I have one, after listening for the first twenty minutes, the importance of this. In your experience, what's my chance if I'm just a, you know, an, a standard? You know, I'm not Einstein by any means that can learn something in five minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing about SEO and digital marketing is like you need to invest into it because like all of your competitors are probably investing right now, you know, and especially for plumbers, you know, and things like that. There's they've probably been doing some type of SEO activity for more than ten years. You know, people at the top of the game. If you search for Sydney plumber or emergency plumber Sydney or something like that. These type of operators have been investing in digital for many, many years to get where they are. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't work where you can just um, do nothing and get the results. You have to invest money to make money, and that's like any type of marketing, really. Um, I yeah, I mean, like you really just have to start. I mean, how long does it take to get results? Uh, depending on how established the business is. If you're already somewhat established, you might be able to get results in three months. For more competitive markets, it can take six, twelve months, maybe even longer. And that's after you investing with a good as your agents. You're not even talking. I'm reading the book by myself, night and day, trying to be an <laughs> my own SEO expert. Well, yeah, a lot of people like they try to educate themselves and that's really good like i would highly advise everyone to learn the basics of whatever you're investing in you know it's like any type of investment you know if it's marketing or shares you have to have the knowledge of what you're investing into before you invest into it you know you don't want to go and spend decent money on something if you don't know the basics of it so i would highly suggest all small business owners Spend an hour every month and just read about SEO. You know, a lot of people will have time to watch maths. They'll have ten hours a month to watch maths, but they won't have an hour to bloody watch, uh, like watch an SEO video on YouTube or the basics of SEO or something like that. You know, and like that—that's a foundational element of any investment. Is find the time. You know, I know all business owners are busy. You know that they don't have time. They've got kids. They're running a business. They're flat chat. But if you can find one hour a month to educate yourself, that is going to be powerful because then you can learn the basics. And then when it's time to invest and spend budget on this type of activity, you know what you're getting to a small degree. You know you understand some of the basics. You've listened to this great podcast that you're running. You know. Things like that. It's highly important. But it does, that's the thing about SEO. It does take time. It's a long term investment, but it can pay off for many, many years to come. You know, like if you're getting, say, for example, if you're spending $2,000 a month on SEO, but you're tracking the leads and you're making $20,000 from leads generated from SEO, you're making an $18,000 ROI per month. And that is very achievable. You know, we have clients that generate hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars a month from SEO. So there's a lot of companies generating a lot of money right now from SEO and from digital traffic channels. So you've got to make the investment. So hold off on the Gucci stuff. Make money for your business first would be my advice. Yeah. 
That will be on my summary. Hold off on the Gucci and the maps and learn <laughs> and about you, this. But and, and James, to clarify for the audience, SEO is not an overnight project, right? It's not even a two-month project, six-month project. It is it's an ongoing project. Like you said, with those businesses that have been investing for tens, 10 years, it's not something that you stop. Is that correct? Just so that that's, people understand. Yeah, that's 100% can't just, true. Like that's the thing about, yeah, that's the thing about SEO. It's an ongoing channel. So you can't just spend SEO money for three months and think that the results will come. It's it's an ongoing um, activity. So it's like a lot of forms of marketing. You have to keep investing into it constantly because if you stop investing, that's when um, you stop getting the traffic, you know, and competitors that are investing on a monthly basis, they'll overtake you. And in most markets in Australia now, they're quite competitive. So a lot of companies are investing for a long time. You know, we do a lot of work in like finance, insurance, and and like and highly competitive verticals. Like everyone's spending money on SEO. And it's the same for small business niches too. You know, high cost per click um, Google Ads niches, they're all highly competitive for SEO, you know? So like any type of like plumbers, flood repair, any type of like trade services where they're high cost ticket items like roofing, any stuff like that, it's highly competitive. So there's big money to be made, you know? Yeah. Now, can I also ask, uh, let's move from small to medium. The, the, uh, the, the, the bigger size of the medium-sized company, for example, uh, learning from your experience working with the big companies, and I, um, I could be mistaken understanding your background, but uh, uh, have you ever worked with company that produce, uh, for example, uh, food products, for example, not services, for example? Yes. Uh, so like uh, FMCG, like fast-moving consumer goods. Yeah, yeah FMCG, have, definitely. Correct. So, so, so assume I'm a medium-sized company. I actually have a, someone I know that actually producing juice, you know, like a, a, a very healthy juices, you know, that now uh, are going to actually start to get big and start to uh, even accept it in a, in a, in a big hotels and stuff. Uh, no one looking for juice uh, in emergency. You know, from the example. So why company like this required SEO when there is no urgency of finding juices? There's more sales effort for me or for them to contact the hotels or, or the airports, for example. Where, 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 where the importance of this then? Um, I think like um, we've talked about emergency, but then we also need to talk about awareness. You know, if you're a juice company, um, People are probably searching, like, it depends on the type of business, you know, if it's a B2B or a B2C company, um, people are searching for, like, it could be like buy bulk juices online for school canteen or something like that, you know. There's B2B customers that search on Google for stuff like that, so buy juices online. But then there's an awareness side of it. So you could talk about like recipes for juice, like juices, and you can talk about like sub niches that fall under that people would be searching for, you know? So like for the food-based kind of clients that we've worked with in the past, we think about like talk, talking about those awareness keywords, so buying it online if they are able to sell online, and then think about like supplementary content. That could be things like recipes. It could be things like um, uh, nutritional information, et cetera, et cetera. So 100%. And then to take it to the next level, and this is like getting a little bit more advanced. When you work for those food-based companies, it's not just about doing the SEO on Google. It's also about optimizing for shopping websites like Catch, Coles Online, Woolworths. So we actually do SEO for marketplaces too, where clients want to get their products listed on these third-party marketplaces because there's a separate ranking system for those marketplaces where people can actually convert via. And then say, for example, if the food has been sold through Coles, we can 
optimize for their product listing on those websites as well. So 100%, there's a lot of opportunity for your friend with the juice company because, um, yeah, like the thing is for, for, for SEO and search marketing, most companies can use it, but like it's definitely a marketing channel that a lot of companies can use. You know, there's always a use case, but you have to always look at the end of the day is you have to think, is it converting? Are they making revenue through this channel? James, I'm going to ask, you know, the golden question always is why isn't my website ranking on Google? And, you know, I've seen business owners paying, use $2,000 before. I've seen $3,000 a month locked in contracts they're not ranking on Google. Is there any advice you have? Like if someone is paying an agency $3,000, they're not ranking on Google. They're getting a report each month. It kind of looks like a dashboardy type of report. For that kind of money, for all our listeners out there that are investing, $3,000 a month in a 12-month contract is a lot of money. Is there anything they should be expecting at a minimum for this kind of spend? I know you don't work with small businesses, but this is kind of, you know, I'm assuming this is how much is kind of an average spend for SEO. Is there something they should be getting at a minimum? Yeah. So if you're spending around 3K a month, you need to work out how the agency is charging you. Are they charging you based on deliverables? Are they charging you based on hours? Um, And then you basically want to get like a monthly breakdown of what's been done, you know? So what new content did they produce? What backlinks did they acquire? What on-site technical changes did they make in the last month? Um, Like if they're not providing you a list and like action points of what they've done in the last month and provide some deliverables to you, that's not a good sign because if they're just giving you an automated report, like they might be spending 10 minutes on your campaign and charging you 3K a month. And that is quite common. You know, there's a lot of um, agencies out there that do that type of stuff. You have to be very careful. I mean, in terms of why the website isn't ranking, I think usually someone's website's not ranking because the space is too competitive. Um, The website's not ranking because someone has done a silly technical change to the site that has had catastrophic impacts on SEO, like they've added a no index tag or they've done a migration and haven't migrated all the pages on the site or things like that. You know, there's a lot of horror stories that can happen from a technical point of view that will prevent a website from ranking. Um, Yeah, I mean... Or like the other thing is like they just haven't done anything, you know, and the reason their website's not ranking is because they haven't actually implemented anything on the site and they haven't given that client an, a return on their investment, you know. They haven't done the work to kind of yield the results. And, and that's really important. Gus, I think you'll agree because that's if you're just getting a report, you're not seeing results, you're investing in this money. It is okay as a business owner to ask the agency, well, what are you doing for me each month? And I think that's where the hesitation is. Oh, we're going with an agency. They're an SEO agency. Surely they know. As business owners, you don't have time to learn about SEO or understand it. So you assume they're doing a good job, but you really need to see this breakdown. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I also have a question. Obviously, SEO not only, uh, you know, we can optimize ourselves not only on our service offering, but also on our identity, I'm assuming. So so uh, can I assume that I can, if I'm a company, I also can make myself known inside Google to be employer or, you know, a choice uh, can be can be known as a maybe maybe this agency that for small uh, businesses need to do more SEO work themselves because there's a lot of small business that have no idea what SEO maybe for example I mean you know this is can be used for a lot of things isn't it it's not just promoting your products and service yeah hundred percent so like you it's not just about your company like you can optimize for yourself you know like if you search for my name. James Norquay, you know, like 
you want to optimize assets to rank for your own brand name. So if your name is a brand, you want to have YouTube uh, videos coming up. You know, for yourself, Gus, you can have YouTube videos. You can have your own blog ranking. You can have your own social media sites ranking. You can have what's called brand-owned assets ranking because what you don't want to happen is like if someone else with the same name as you starts taking your rankings, so there could be two Gus's, you know, and, and the other Gus could be offering the same service as you. I've seen that before. Um, or the other Gus could be doing something shady and then people could misconstrue yourself and that individual. So you really want to uh, do like brand domination for your own name. Um, the more um, in the public eye you are, the more that you need to worry about this type of stuff. If you're a successful business owner or you're a, a professional influencer or athlete, you got to worry about this stuff in a big way. So you want to have, um, it's called online reputation management. That's another area of SEO. So SEO has many different like sub areas that fall into it. So ORM is, um, yeah, it's an important part of SEO too, 100%. You mentioned social media, James. Does having social media actually assist with SEO and your ranking on Google? So for those business owners that now just have a website, and Gus, we always talk about time management because we know they're so time poor. They don't have time for social media. They don't have time to update, you know, put posts up there. Is it vital for them to actually have social media accounts as well to assist with SEO? Um, social media doesn't really help SEO in a big way. I mean, there's like there's small elements of social media that can help SEO. Like if you're running a lot of social media ads telling people to go to Google and search for your brand plus a certain keyword, that can help SEO in a small way. Um, the thing is with social media, a lot of social media sites are walled gardens. Um, so what that means is they don't provide a lot of information to Google. I mean, Twitter has kind of changed that a little bit recently. So they're providing more data from their index into search results and things like that. Um, yeah, but most social media links are no follow as well. So what that means is they pass on no um, benefit from an SEO point of view as well. So there's two different types of links. There's follow links and then there's no follow links. So a lot of social media links are actually no follow um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it doesn't, social media, it doesn't really have a massive impact, only quite small. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Thanks for clarifying that. And what about, we've heard the term thrown around Google penalties, you know, Google penalizes if we know a big one is duplicated content, you know, things like that. Do these Google penalties actually exist or is this just things that people just throw around? Is it is it important in the world of SEO? Yeah, 100%. There's Google penalties. So there's different types of um, like what you could deem a penalty. So um, there's penalties for links. So there's like a Google link-based penalty. So if you build some dodgy links to your website, you can get a penalty from Google for links. You can get a, a penalty um, if you fake the review star schema. So um, people like what they do is they'll change the code of review star schemas and they'll put a fake number into the review schema. So, you know, when you search on Google and you see five stars, but really that business has three stars, you can actually get what's called a spammy schema markup penalty. So you can get hit for that. Um, there's pure spam penalties for really shady activity. Um, in terms of content, Usually content is more focused that Google will target content in algorithmic updates. So Google has like algorithmic updates that roll out, uh, Panda and things like that. It's the name of the update. Um, and then they'll have like core quality updates. So if your site has low quality duplicated content, um, you can get hit from, uh, from one of those core updates. So that's a core algorithm update. Um, you got to be careful if you're doing like large scale programmatic pages and you have duplication. A lot of tradies do that where they'll, they'll throw out like thousands and thousands of um, pages based on postcodes and things like that. Google has hit certain things like that if they don't have rich data on those pages. Or maybe I'm getting a little bit too technical here, but um, you, 
there's a it, it definitely is a thing and penalties do exist whether it's a penalty or it's an algorithmic update and i think this is also good sorry matt uh, to actually listen to james there is a lot of uh, technicality about this that's why in this is become an investment just be aware that you can invest just like anything whether this is investing on seo agency or investing on a uh, financial planner or investing on whatever you you can get the bad one and you can get the good one just do your homework because it can it's actually very very technical you can't learn it in one night one day and tomorrow you are ranking number one no that's the thing about seo it does take years to learn everything and the thing is it's constantly changing like new things are coming out every month you know so you have to constantly be up to date with the news because like new like new technical things are getting released there's new updates there's all sorts of things you know there's ai stuff coming out you have to be on top of everything and um it, it is hard like it's impossible for a small business owner to keep up with all this stuff, but you've got to know the basics at least, you know, the, the basic, like listening to this podcast, you know, pick up a few tips, you know, that's what you can start with, you know, go to YouTube, do some research, but be careful because there's wrong information there too. So you have to be careful of uh, false information. But even yourself, James, you know, you're an SEO expert. You've been in the field for so many years now you are still constantly learning, right? It's Yeah, 100%. Like um, we take the team to overseas conferences. We run our own conference to, in Sydney. Like we educate the market like that. Like we have our own – we get experts from the U.S. to come and speak to our team, experts from Europe. Like years in the U.S. market, there's experts that exist for like just one area of SEO. So for I mentioned earlier the review star stuff, there's people in the US and that's their full-time job just doing schema and like review star um, optimization. So they're an SEO expert in a in a certain niche. So there's there's people like it's crazy how like niche down you can get in SEO. James, I want to change the topic just slightly a bit because we've been talking about SEO for 45 minutes, you know, from from every angle we ask you a question. But, you know, the reality is you are a leader of an organization that is winning awards, successful. You start from small as well 10 years ago. You work in the corporation. You open it. You And, and then, you know, at the end, you also mentioned about continuously educating your team yourself because the the market that you are in keep changing. Um, can you give us a tips from leadership point of view? How do you, how do you motivate the organization to keep learning when your industry changing that fast? You know, you are in the industry that is uh, the changing is actually quite secretive. I'm sure uh, if there is any changing from the Google itself, they don't actually broadcast. I don't know. I'm I'm not working in this arena. I'm just assuming they're not broadcasted easily for every agency to know what's a change. So you need to learn. How do you motivate the organization? Because it also, we can learn from you about this. Yeah, I mean, um, I think like um, motivation comes in different ways for different people, you know, like, um, like, some people get motivated by money. Some people get motivated by um, education and ongoing like learning. Uh, some people get educated because they have a passion for SEO. Like a lot of our staff now and in the past have run their own websites. So they have kind of come to us and they've had a successful site and then they want to get a job at an agency and then they want to further that education. So yeah, there's there's different levels of um, passion. Um, I think um, like ongoing education is crucial. And to answer your question about um, Google, yes, sometimes they do provide some information in regards to updates. Um, sometimes they are quite vague, though, like they don't give you the full picture, but they're definitely trying to give more and more information. Sometimes if something big's coming out, they'll give people like six months warning, you know, like GA4, 
Google Analytics 4 is coming out in the middle of this year and there's going to be a, a migration turnover, you know, for GA4. Like, they've, they've been talking about that for a while. You know, when there was mobile, when the mobile update happened, they were talking about that for a while. You know, sometimes they do give you a bit of warning. But, yeah, there definitely is a lot of information they don't provide as well. I think what I can also see, uh, you know, going on from that question, Gus, is, you know, we're talking about an uh, an industry like SEO where there is a lot of scamming going on and listening to you, James, you know, and you've built a team of 20 people. Like we're not talking about a small team here, you know, in an, in an area where there are a lot of scammers, but it seems like, you know, you coming on here, sharing your knowledge, there is a lot of that trust in that transparency. And I I, I understand, like, just talking to you, it seems like those kind of values are actually, you know, portrayed through Prosperity Media. Is that some of your values? Because that's kind of what, you know, we've, we've spoken about scammers and everyone wants to stay away from there. But listening to you with your honest feedback, your honest tips, your honest tricks, and you genuinely do want to help people, it really comes through. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, like, like, little things, like, I mean... Um, like for some team members, like work-life balance is important too, you know, finish, start at nine, finish at five, et cetera, et cetera. Working on like a, a good number of clients. I think another really big issue that I see in the industry is where agencies will load up their staff with like 50 or 100 clients, you know, and they, there's no way in hell you can do that, you know. Like people that work here, they might get like five to 10 clients depending on size, you know, and that's that's for a whole month, you know. So, I think the number of clients that a team is managing is important too. So I get resumes from other agencies, people that want a job here, and that it says on the resume, managing 200 clients in a month, so one person. There's no way they're going to be doing quality work. So I think, yeah, doing the right thing by clients and actually getting results, you know, like um, that's one thing that we do here is like we want to get the client results. So we'll push hard to get the results. And sometimes with the enterprise level companies, that is hard because results take time. You know, it's more of a consulting job where it's like you've got to get into the organization and you've got to change the mentality to be positive about SEO and and get positive momentum in the organization. Whereas with a small business, if they value SEO, they can make changes quickly. You know, like if, if you have a business owner that knows the value of SEO, they can move at a fast pace. So, James, just going back to you mentioned, you know, if if someone is managing 100 clients a month or something, is that another red flag us business owners should be looking at? So, if we're going with an SEO agency, are we okay to say, well, how many clients will you be managing? Is that a safe question to ask? And what would be the safe kind of, like, definitely we now know 100 a month. We don't want to go near that SEO agency. If there's one person managing 100, what is a workable for a small business, like what is there a number you can kind of give us as an approximate, not a definite? I think it, it depends on the size of the companies. But like, if anyone is working on more than fifteen clients, I think that's too many. Like, I eat, like you can just work it out. Like, you know, how many days are there in a month? You know, even if they've got thirty clients, like one client a day, like it, sometimes it doesn't work. Like, that's a big one. That's like one of the biggest questions that I think business owners should ask is like, how many accounts are you kind of managing? You know, because if they're managing a huge amount of accounts, then they're just not going to get a quality job done. Even if a lot of it's getting outsourced and things like that, still, it's too many. Like, you can't do consulting on that, you know? Yeah. And the same would go, I guess, not just SEO, social manage, uh, social media management and things like e- that. Everything. Like- I've, yeah, you everything. know, where people have in excess of 100 clients and they're managing them per month. So that's a really important note. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, that's a very important point. I actually shared that on LinkedIn today, I think. Like, just like shared a status, like one of the most important questions you can ask is this, you know. So... And that's something everyone should take away from this. You know, don't be afraid to ask these questions. You may not know the topic, but you're investing the money. It's your money. Well, exactly. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask some uh, curly questions, you know, like just say like, can you give me some testimonials from current clients? How many clients are your team managing? Like, just like, can you show me some examples of deliverables? Like, how do you do reporting? Um, you got to ask these questions because a lot of people, they will get stung by a good salesperson, you know, 
like some salespeople, they'll promise the world. You know, someone will call you gas and then they'll sell you the dream. You know, they'll say, oh, we'll get you 100 leads a month. Like you only put up $2,000, like it's going to happen. And then you get all excited and you're saying, yes, 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 yes on the call. And then you, you sign the contract for a year and then they pass you off to a junior and everything they promise from the salesperson, it doesn't happen. You know, that is a common uh, issue in the digital marketing industry. Um, I have a question. Because this is about digital, should my SEO agency based locally, I, I'm talking small business here, uh, we, you know, um, should I met with Johnny, the SEO guy that's living in town? Because I'm not a big company. You know, if I'm a big company, I can hire Prosperity Media, even though I'm based in Jakarta, because I know your brand, I know your um Capacity, I know your awards, I know everything, but man, I can only pay Johnny. Should Johnny base in Sydney if I live in Melbourne or should I find Johnny near me? I think like this is just my personal opinion. Like if you're using a SEO provider, you want to use someone local, like someone who understands the Australian market. Um, actually, uh, last, um, last year, I actually gave a, a SEO talk in Bali, Indonesia. And there were some Indonesian companies that reached out to me and said, can you help us with SEO? And I said, unfortunately, no, because we didn't have any English speaking. I mean, we don't have any Indonesian speaking staff here. You can write Indonesian content. Uh, James, like, you know. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, I'm from Indonesia uh, and I do love Bali. So uh, I know my company, uh, you know, my boss might watch this. Uh, uh, so I'm going to Bali anytime you need the translator. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the conference was the conference was in uh, in English. Um, it was uh, yeah. So all the speakers were it was it was fifty percent um in like Australian and like UK people, and then fifty percent Indonesian speakers. But I mean, you do have to kind of get people local, like people that know your market locally. You know, like it's it's the same for Natalie with content writing. You know, like I've seen people like think they can outsource content to people in other countries and then you get the content back and it said like it could be like the best coffee shops in Sydney and they'll say like Starbucks is the best coffee shop in Sydney, you know, because people don't understand your local market and and for a, for a local uh, reader, it pays to use local companies, you know, like even if like someone's in Melbourne or Sydney or Perth, like it can still work, but I think if they're in a different time zone and they don't understand the local lingo and everything, like I have seen that a lot. Like we we have um, we have a big um, big rubbish removal client, and uh, they're like nationwide in Australia. They actually used to use someone in Europe for their SEO, and the owner just said like there was, there was so many issues with the content and like they didn't understand the local market you know and like they were targeting like all the wrong things you know like they, was, they even did things like spell sydney wrong you know like just it's crazy so you have to kind of use local people to a degree even the spelling you know you get you know people wanting to write content uh you know for australian agencies or businesses and you've got american spelling in there in the first line it's like a red flag straight away 100 percent. and it's not just about the spelling it's just about like the the local knowledge you know like if you have a writer that's in australia you can just read the content and just instantly know this person is local you know they're it resonates with the reader. Yeah, it's a great question, Gus. And one more that I do want to ask, because I know we're running out of time, I want to just touch on links because there's always this big push for, you know, backlinks and trying to get links to your website from authoritative, you know, sites. For small business owners, is this something that they should focus on? Should we, you know, Gus, we're a mechanic, should we be linking to, you know, partner sites? Should we be asking them to link to us? Like, is there any benefit in that for small business? Uh, definitely links are highly important. Like Google's algorithm was built kind of on elite link-based um, scoring metrics. Like over the years, links have dropped back a little bit, but they're still like like your number one ranking factor, especially in competitive verticals. Like they still matter highly. Uh, for small businesses, though, like it depends on how competitive the the market is. 
Um, I think they you still want to get some links. Like if you're a small business, you want to start with getting like citation link building done. And then if you're a, the small motorbike mechanic, you could think about getting links back from like uh, manufacturers and partners and things like that and picking up the phone and asking for those type of links back. Um, so yeah, they, they definitely do matter and it is worth investing time to get them. Even if you try, have some opportunity to get some PR, PR links from like a link from news.com.au. It's so crucial. The most important thing with links is they have to be relevant and they have to have traffic too. Like the site itself has to have traffic. There has to be an element of relevancy on the site too. But um, they definitely matter and you want to try to get them. Perfect. And I'm looking at the time, so I'm glad I snuck that one in. We are almost out of time. So, Gus, I'll hand over to you to wrap up. Yeah, not not often I'm actually getting nervous in wrapping things up, especially after one hour listening to leaders talking about their expertise. But I have to say, uh, today is one of the topics that I myself learn a lot. So for our audience, um, it's worthwhile to actually listening to this in detail because I think James really bring a lot of details that I can't put in a in a one-minute summary. Uh, and thank you for that, James, because you bring a lot of context into your, uh, you know, insights here. But this is some of the key things. You want to be known, you want to get known, you want to get searched, you want to get noticed, then knowing what SEO can do for you at the very least, is a key for success. Where do we start? Where do we start? Small business, where do we start? Well, you start by sign up, Google My Business, which gives you basic visibility. You need to start a basic website, small. If you want to invest small, small, 10 pages, for example, at the very minimum. And you need to have, at the very least, your company name, and brand because your competitor been doing it for 10 years, which is mind blowing when I give an example of a mechanics and a plumbers, which is now makes sense. If I Googling up something, there is so many plumbers, mechanics, uh, locksmith already there. They don't just pop up because they've been investing. So if I'm new, I need to invest. The problem is this is not cheap. Uh, when you engage with SEO agency, be aware, you need to do your homework. Number one, you need to remember what you said, James, is no one can guarantee you will be number one in the search engine. If anyone guarantee you, and we are listening for award-winning agency here, if the award-winning agency said no one can guarantee you, then if you engaging with Johnny from your local market, the salespeople, sorry, the salespeople named Gus, James said, you need to be very aware. Always ask for case study. Always ask for a lot of reviews. Current clients do aggressive background check for the agency that you want to use and helping your business because this is, once again, an investment. You don't just put money on the investment without doing a lot of learning. And yes, as bad as it sounds, to all of you, to all of us, you need to learn it. You need to read it at the very least. This is not the matter whether you like it or you don't like it. This is important in the digital world. If you want to be known, you need to learn it. You need to read it. You need to stop or maybe not stop. You need to reduce uh, watching mm, the program you like, that everyone smiles suddenly. I'm not saying the program because my wife can kill me. And yes, you need to stop buying the Gucci stuff because this is expensive, but this is an investment. One thing that you get from SEO is not only become number one on the search engine. Awareness is also key benefit of SEO, which increases your brand identity. So all that in combination will increase your presence, will increase your business, and hopefully your small business will become successful and become important for your market and for the people around you. James, thank you so much for your time. You're donating this for us. We learn a lot. 
once again, thank you on behalf of Leader Talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Goss and Natalie. Thank you, James. It's been a great chat. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. For more information on Leader Talk and for some great resources to help your business grow, check out brainiac.com.au. Bye, everyone. Leader Talk. 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 Leader Talk.